I've eaten a lot of really good meals in my life. It's not a brag, just one of the perks of being a chef and having a lot of friends who are chefs. But why am I telling you this? Well, today I'm going to break down the five best meals I've ever eaten. I'm going to do this because I want you, dear listener, to understand that a great meal, like a truly great meal, doesn't necesararily come from a restaurant. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. A great meal is just as much about context as it is about the food. And I, what, I, what I want you to note about this list is that at least three of the five meals are very simple dishes. There's no complexity to them at all. And now, in no particular order, here are the five best meals of my life. Number five, a T-bone steak in Porto, Portugal. Way back in 2014, my wife, then fiancé, and I took a trip to Portugal. We spent five weeks backpacking around the country. It was an incredible, life-changing trip. And while we were there, we had both made some lists of things that we wanted to do and see. One of the things on my list was to go out to a really nice restaurant. And so, on a warm night in late September in Porto, Portugal, I crossed that off my list. We were unsure of the restaurant. In fact, we wandered around outside for, an ha- for a half an hour trying to decide if we actually wanted to go in. We were both a little anxious. And when we finally did, we found ourselves in a high-end deli rather than the classy restaurant we were expecting. There were two floors to this place, a beautiful deli on the bottom floor and a high-end steak restaurant upstairs. We were sat in the deli with a bottle of wine waiting for a table to open. I'd be lying if I said I remembered every detail of this evening. We drank a lot of really good Portuguese wine and ate more than we both should have. But luckily, I enjoyed the experience and I actually wrote a review on it. If you go to How to Not Burn Shit, you can find a link to it. Now, despite all the wine, there are a few things I remember about that evening very clearly. The app we had was a beef and bacon terrine served with pickled red cabbage. There was a hint of tarragon in the cabbage, which brought out all the flavor of the terrine. The quality didn't stop there. Suzanne had ordered a braised beef chick cheek, excuse me, which was so perfectly cooked that it practically melted in your mouth. Uh, the one or two bites of it that I had were absolutely out of this world. Then there was my steak, a 600-gram T-bone. I don't usually like T-bones, but this was perfect. They didn't even ask why I wanted it cooked because they knew exactly how it should be done. And what's kind of frustrating is that I don't really remember how it tasted. Uh, I, I remember it came out on a pedestal with a sterno under it to keep it hot, and I remember that it was massive. What I do remember was the atmosphere. I remember the service, and I remember the company. Now, as incredible as the food was that night, this meal wouldn't have made the list based on food alone. It's on the list because of the experience my wife and I shared. It's because of the context of that evening. You could feed me that exact meal a thousand times, and none of them would mean anything close to that night in Porto in late September. Number four, Carlos's Tacos. About a million years ago, I was in a band, and the four other guys that were in that band are still like brothers to me today. We don't talk as much as we should, but they are always and will always be family to me. A few years ago, we all got together for a Christmas potluck. As is the tradition with potlucks, we all brought some food, and I don't remember what everyone brought, but I do remember what Carlos brought. Now, I had always loved Mexican food. My experience with it and knowledge of it was limited, but what I knew, I liked. 
Carlos had brought everything he needed to make tacos, and because I loved Mexican food and everyone loves tacos, I couldn't wait to try it. Carlos had slow-cooked a piece of pork shoulder with four different chilies, and he had pulled the pork, heated it up in a cast-iron pan, and served it on soft corn tortillas with fresh pineapple, cilantro, and onions chopped together, and a mixture of green and red salsa. I must have eaten 10 or 15 tacos that night, and I couldn't believe the flavors. It was like nothing I had ever experienced. They were not only the best tacos I had ever had, but it was one of the most eye-opening experiences I had had in a very long time. Carlos had shown me that I knew nothing about Mexican food. I knew that from the first bite. I also knew that I was never going to be able to get those tacos out of my head, and they led me down a path of learning as much as I could and can learn about Mexican food, which I'm still on today. Now, before I had eaten those tacos, I understood that Mexican food wasn't what I had been told it was when I was growing up. I had even had authentic Mexican food, but those tacos were an inspiration. They changed not only how I thought about Mexican food, but about food in general. There was a balance to them that I hadn't tasted before. And from that point on, I was searching for that balance in everything I cooked. It is no exaggeration to say that that one night, that one meal, those tacos made me a better chef. That is the power of simple food cooked very well. Number three, my bon mi. I wasn't going to include this uh, uh, in the list. I feel like I'm kind of an ass for saying that something I made was one of the best things I've ever eaten. But it's the truth. I actually shed tears when I first tried this sandwich. Now, if you don't know, a banh mi is a Vietnamese sandwich. It's served on bread similar to a baguette, and it's kind of a remnant of French colonization. Now, the first time I had ever eaten a banh mi was the one that I had made. This was also the first time I had ever made a banh mi. I'd read up on it, had a pretty good idea of what it was supposed to be, and just kind of winged it. I had a baguette that I had slathered in sriracha mayo, topped with uh, cold five-spice roasted pork, pickled carrot and daikon, fresh jalapenos, and fresh cilantro. I sat down alone with my sandwich. I bit into it, and I remember both laughing and crying because it was one of the best things I had ever eaten. And that's one of the best things I had ever made. The flavors worked in perfect harmony. There was balance. There was this intense complexity and the simplicity of it all. And it was like listening to a song that gives you chills. That sandwich is on this list because it belongs here. Like everything else on the list, it changed my perspective on food and what food can be. That's the power of really, really good food. It shows you that food can be so much more than you ever thought it could be. It can change your life. Number two, Brad's curry pork. When I was in my early 20s, like most people in their early 20s, I was a bit lost. I had been working in the restaurant industry since I was 15, but at times felt out of place. It was when I moved up from pub food to fine dining that I felt out of place the most. I was out of my element. I'd been working uh, for a lot longer than almost anyone else in the kitchen, but they had all gone to school and knew way more than I did. Rather than seeing this as an opportunity to soak up as much knowledge as I could, I retreated. I didn't talk to anyone. I hid away, scared that they would figure out that I didn't know anything. I was embarrassed about how little I knew, and this led me to not asking questions, making mistakes, and making my worst fears come true. Even though this was the job I had always wanted, I dreaded going to work every day. But the one thing that I always looked forward to was staff mail. This was the first restaurant I had worked in where an hour before we opened, everyone would gather together and eat a big family meal. It was never complex. It was always just something simple like pasta and salad or some kind of casserole. And this one day, Chef Brad, who is now one of my closest friends, made the meal for everyone. It was simple, some skewered pork uh, with curry 
on rice and maybe some vegetables. I didn't like curry. At least I didn't think I liked curry. Now, like I said, staff meal was the, the one thing that I looked forward to at this job. But on this day, Chef had made curried pork, and I was really disappointed, but I was also starving. And so I got in line, grabbed a plate, spooned some rice on it, and took a skewer. The moment I took a bite of the pork, I realized I was an idiot. The pork was tender and juicy. The curry was mild and sweet, contrasted by the wood smoke from the grill. I did like curry. I loved this. What else had I been missing? This meal, as simple as it was, made me realize that by closing myself off, not only in the kitchen, but to new experiences in general, that I was seriously missing out. This pork was incredible, and I almost didn't eat it because I thought I didn't like curry. Shortly after that meal, I was moved uh, to a more casual, upscale restaurant in the company. But on the heels of that curried pork uh, experience, I was a new man, and I got promoted to sous chef within two weeks. Never underestimate what a simple meal can do. Number one, Craig's Balls. I was living in Montreal, I was living and working in Montreal, and it was a different world than the one I had left behind in Halifax. The food we could sell that people would eat, things we would never dream of putting on a menu back home. I was working in a small bistro in the Cote de Neige region of Montreal. Our menu changed twice a day, every day, and as sous chef, my job was to write and execute the lunch menu while Chef Craig handled most of the evenings. I had come to Montreal to learn. I had felt trapped and stagnant back in Halifax and needed a serious change. That's what I found at Bistro Olivieri. Our menu would often consist of awful meats like kidneys, livers, even heart, and it would all sell. People loved it. I was still pretty new to organ meats as it wasn't uh, what you usually found back home, but Craig was really skilled at making this weird little pieces of meat taste amazing. Suzanne had come to visit me in Montreal and we decided to go to my work for dinner. Craig, knowing that we were coming in, planned a special meal for us. I don't remember most of what we were served. I know without a doubt that it was all incredible, but there was one dish specifically that made an impact on me that night, and on Suzanne too. One of the dishes Craig sent to our table was boulet de chevreau, goat testicles. They were blanched, peeled, and seared, served with baby potatoes, spinach, and I think a balsamic sauce. I know what you're thinking. That's disgusting. But this is the point. They weren't. They were soft and flavorful. Honestly, they were ridiculously good. To be completely honest, I don't know if I would have eaten them if Suzanne wasn't there. We were only just getting to know each other, and I wasn't about to look like I was scared to eat some goat balls. <laughs> but whether I would have eaten them or not doesn't matter. The fact is that I did, and I'm glad I did. They were really good. And just like everything else on this list, they opened my eyes to the possibilities. What all these meals have taught me is that the only limitation in life is the limitations that we put on ourselves. Food has the ability to help connect us to ourselves, the world around us. It is a way to share experiences with different cultures and learn about each other, and it can open us up to the possibilities that surround us all the time. A great meal doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, though some do. A great meal can be made even better by the company and the circumstance, and sometimes the best meals are the ones you least expect. What I've learned is the only way to become a better cook is to become a better eater. You have to open up. Be open to trying new things and even seek them out when possible. This isn't just as an important thing for someone, excuse me, this is just as important for someone cooking at home as it is for a professional chef. Because what you don't realize is that we all fall into the same ruts. Cooking the same thing over and over isn't fun for anyone. 
So if you want to enjoy cooking, if you want to be better at it, if you want to, if you want it to be something that you look forward to rather than something you have to do, learn to enjoy eating. Learn to enjoy food. Learn to enjoy the simplicity of it all. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. And of course, you can like and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening to this extra long episode of Food and Five and this extra late episode of Food and Five. It's almost 8.30. I can't believe I'm so late with this. I'm sorry. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food and Five, and we'll be talking about the brief history of lobster. Have a great Monday, everybody.